As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented in part by AirTech. AirTech developed the most convenient and accurate tire pressure gauge on the market today. My wife and I love our AirTech gauges, and I think you will too. In addition, this podcast is brought to you free courtesy of Racing RVs. We realize that not everyone is in the market for a newer used RV, but if and when that day comes, support the people that support sportsman drag racing. That's Racing RVs. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your host, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki, and the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. You want to make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb, win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land, then you do the L-Ride and you come out like the Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. Luke, what's happening, bud? Man, I'm uh, I'm fired up. I know uh, I'm a little biased. I think we got a great show today. We've got our normal news and notes stuff. We've got a fun little, uh, I guess, game contest that we're going to roll out between the two of us. We're going to try to to draft the uh, 2017 NHRA World Champions. Along that theme, we're going to have a, an interview with two-time 2016 NHRA World Champion Jeff Strickland. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a good show. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, and um, I'm looking forward to finally beating you at something when we get this draft done and start collecting these points. It's going to be a good time. Who won the All-State debate? <laughs> Alabama. Yeah, okay, it's my turn. You are not <laughs> No, we don't take turns. Hmm, okay. I, I get to win it all. So who's, 
this is going to be a slam dunk. I feel like I'm I represent like my son. Yeah, I represent the unprepared, and um, those they're, they're going to rise to the top this time. <laughs> I told you off there, I'll share it here. I, I feel like I'm picking the NCAA tournament with my wife because, as you know, like I'm really in tune to college basketball. Yes. And my wife, like, we go to the games together. She watches a little bit. You know, I mean, she's not listening to four podcasts a week about basketball. <laughs> Every year she beats me like a drum in the tournament. Why do I yeah. feel like that's about to happen here? I have. I, yeah. I've done my homework. You overprepare. Like in basketball, you probably know when this point guard faces a guy that's better left-handed than he is right-handed, his average goes down nine points a game and he has two less assists. All that's baloney. That's that's just <laughs> stats. You probably know where these racers like to race the best and who should have the most points. None of that's going to matter. Okay, well, we'll see, we'll see how this turns out. Sure. <laughs> What's new and exciting in Fultondale since the last time we talked, big guy? Uh, same, same old, same old. Me, you know, just uh, working and um, having a couple little challenges. Motorhomes having a little issue uh, somewhere in the wiring. I don't know if you know it, but there's approximately 17,000 feet of wire in a 38, 39-foot diesel pusher, whatever it is. So that's uh, quite a challenge. Um enjoying that and uh, we've got basketball still going on with jj we lost a barn burner saturday 10 to 8 it was a real shootout and um well, that was just getting you primed up for super bowl sunday sounds like the same oh, yeah. type of competition there yeah super bowl was devastating for me i'm neither an atlanta fan nor a, a, a patriot fan but uh, julio was a, a roll tide guy so mm. you know i wanted to see him get that super bowl ring and i i was already mentally there with him while he was getting fitted for it and then you know, the rest is history. So Brady's unbelievable, man. Guys, guys, amazing. That whole team's amazing. Yeah, pretty impressive. We had actually just gotten back into town to watch the second half of the Super Bowl. My wife and I spent the weekend in Lawrence, Kansas, which probably doesn't sound like a tourist attraction <laughs> to a lot of people. But uh, that was actually the uh, Christmas present that my wife got me, being the college hoops junkie that I am, the the cathedral of college hoops is Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas, which is the home yes. of Kansas Jayhawks. And uh, so got to go there. I think anyway, like I say, it was a gift from what I've heard that the tickets are ridiculously expensive. So we had, we had good seats. I don't think there's bad seats in the place. Unbelievable building, unbelievable atmosphere. Like it's really cool. It's just like an oversized high school gym. Like most of the the seating are just wooden bleachers without backs. I think maybe 25% of the seats in there are actually chair backs. Really? Real, yeah, real low ceiling, real old feel to it, and just loud. And the, the tradition there and the between the, the student section and the band and even, like, the, the people that are running the video board, like, they got that place into a frenzy 30 minutes before game time, and it was packed. Like, our arena, I mean, it's half sold out half the time anyway, and it's a yeah. quarter sold out, or the quarter of the seats are filled by the time they play the national anthem. This place was standing room only 30 minutes before game time, and it was a neat atmosphere. It was a neat thing to be a part of. The museum there, they've got the rules of college basketball. Like Again, if, if you're not a, a hoops junkie, some of that's probably lost on you, but the excitement and the intensity of the atmosphere, like, you got to not have a pulse to not realize what's going on once you're in there. Like, it was it was neat. And we actually watched Kansas lose for the first time in, like, four years. They had a 54-game home yeah. winning streak, I think, that was snapped in overtime. So that made it, 
I don't know if you'd say better because I'm not like it's not like I'm a huge Kansas fan, but obviously going to Kansas, like I think I'd like to see them win. But we got to see one heck of a ball game, so it was a really really neat trip. Yeah, it looked like quite the experience. I got to see a couple of your pictures and, and Facebook posts, and that's uh, uh, that's for a college basketball fan. That's got to be a true highlight. So. Congrats on going there. And those, you talk about those tickets being expensive. I, I've heard they're very expensive and extremely difficult to get. I, I don't know that you just call up the ticket office all the time and you're able to get one. So, no, I think know, these came off. Kudos of, to Jess. Yeah, I think these came off a of StubHub or something like that from a season ticket holder looking to turn a profit. So Ah, okay. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Sound like a great time. What else going on? I guess we switch gears a little bit to actual racing news, and we've actually, for the first time this year, really got a little bit of racing to talk about. Not that I want to get in the habit of discussing results from IHRA division races that have like a dozen cars in each classes as like the normal thing, the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Nothing against the guys that are showing up, obviously. It's as tough a racing as anything. There's just not a lot of guys showing up, but... At this point in the season, we don't have much else actual racing to talk about, so there was an IHRA doubleheader and a Mockley, a Florida over the weekend, which if you've never been to a Mockley, my old friend Bruce Thrift, the, the first time, or one of the times I was driving down to a Mockley, I was on the phone with Bruce, and he says, going to a Mockley? I said, yeah. He goes, do you know how to get there? I said, yeah, I've been there before. He goes, well, you just keep driving till you see Castro, and then you turn around and come back two blocks. <laughs> That's where Immokalee is. It's way down there, which is probably is. part of the reason that it didn't have a huge crowd. But I did look through the results of that, saw some buddies late in the rounds. It looks like it was the Troy Williams Jr. show. Way to go, TWJ. Yes, in more classes than one. You know? Yes, multiple wins in Hot Rod, uh, back-to-back wins in Hot Rod, back-to-back runner-ups in Top Dragster. Hard to start the season much better than that. And beyond TWJ, uh, I think Merrill Shrimpshire was in Two finals in super stock, I believe. Won one, and I believe lost the other one to Daniel Young. So he was the only other multi-time finalist that I saw the weekend. So huge congrats to those two guys. And uh, cool to see the season started, I don't necessarily say, necessarily say in earnest, because it's just in South Florida, but it's good to see something going down the racetrack in 2017. Yeah, it is. And uh, congrats to all those people that fared well. And um, you know, hopefully they can keep that momentum going. I know... T Rock be he'll be doing it in all different sanctions and series and all that. But uh, I'm sure those guys that will continue to chase IHRA points, so hopefully they continue to fare well. But outside of that, how about the the all state shootout update? That's uh that's getting a little traction right now. Yeah, I hadn't which I haven't been real clued into uh social media for the last couple of days, so I don't know if there's been any big developments on there. I did listen to uh Brit's interview on West Buck's live feed last week on the Drag Illustrated live feed. Britt did a heck of a job and, and I think I've said this before and I don't wanna just keep blowing smoke up Brit's butt, but I'm really impressed at the job that he's done with this event as a whole. Like he's really taken this bull by the horns and, and it would have taken a lot of ambition to actually make this happen and into what it could be but Brits far exceeded any vision that I would have had for this like this is really going to be a big deal and it's it's due to his ambition and, and getting fired up about it and getting other people fired up about it but he was on with Wes and the one thing that stands out to me I was listening to it the morning after I usually listen to a podcast or something while I cook breakfast and uh and he's talking to Wes Buck about how he doesn't really envision himself as a, as a race promoter. And his words were, I'm not really a race promoter. I'm just a racer that likes cool bleep. 
And I, I just about died. I loved it. That's the perfect line. And this is the definition. Obviously, we're a little biased, but this race is cool bleep. Yes, really. He and Galen Rawson have a have a great platform for it, and you know the like you say the ambition and and thought that those guys have had to put this together is uh, pretty cool. I got asked about it a couple of times while we were having our all state discussion here on the podcast, and. I'll be as as honest as I can be and said, there's no way somebody will be able to pull that off. It just can't happen. Right. But Britt is proving that wrong. He and Galen together and um, looking forward to it playing out. And it's, uh, again, I, I'm with you. He did a great job on West Buck's live feed there and um, did really good on the interview and appreciate Wes helping get some traction for it as well. It's, uh, he's got a good platform, a good reach and, all the help he can provide will be very beneficial. No doubt. On this week's show, like, it's hard to believe at this point, like, we're already talking about a race that happened in Immokalee, Florida last week. We are on the eve of the NHRA Winter Nationals. Like, it's hard to believe it's February and, and we're about to start up and do this all over again. But with Pomona on the horizon, we thought it would be fun, and we teased this a little bit earlier. We're basically, Jed and I, you and me are oh, yeah. going to have a little bit of a, a competition, and it's going to start here. What we're going to do is we're each going to draft three drivers in each of the NHRA sportsman classes. And what we're drafting are our picks to win the world championship. Okay, Not to win Pomona, not to finish in the top ten, to win the whole dang thing. And we're going to do it kind of in a, in a snake draft format. So like for each category... Let's say, you know, we flip a coin and Jed gets the first pick. Well, then I'll get picks two and three. Jed will get four and five, and I'll end with six, where we each have three drivers in each class that we are, that's on our team, Team Luke or Team Jed, to emerge as world champion at the end of the season. Now, obviously, at this point in the game, no one has staged for a single round of competition in 2017. So, in large part, our picks are going to be based on history, Maybe a little bit of intuition, you know, who you just have a feel for having a big year for whatever reason. But since it's so early in the year, we're going to revisit this. And really on our end, like this will just give us a cheap excuse to have some show content later on in the year. Um, (laughs) But sometime mid-season, we'll revisit this and we'll have an opportunity. Again, we'll kind of go back and forth to kind of pick up a free agent to add to our team. And in doing so, we'll have to drop one off. We'll just have three on our team throughout the year. But they can change. The only rule, so to speak, is that we'll go back and forth in all of those picks. And obviously, like, I can't steal somebody off a Jets team. So with that in mind, like, today's picks could have pretty significant bearing on the future. Like, if you just stumble up and pick somebody that gets hot, that has an opportunity to win, well, that would be a big asset to have on your team later in the season. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, as we talked about earlier, I know you were very prepared, and I'm you know you you've sent so good about this. You've sent the message, okay? I, I received <laughs> it through email. I received it through text and verbally before the show started. I received it once again, and I think your mission is clear. And uh, I am again. I'm I'm looking forward to beating you at something. I'm not a guy that competes on your level on the racetrack anymore but uh off the racetrack this is going to feel real good so I don't all you guys exactly like i don't think i have a winning record beside i remember racing once and you held the check when it was over 
what was that, 2007? I mean, really, that was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, and so. I'm, I mean, we were poking fun a little bit at the IHRA series. Like, that race that we ran in the final of, there might have been five of us. But you won't. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever it was, I did win it. But, I am a dragway. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I think the last time we raced, actually, was at Gulfport. If I remember oh, correctly, a, just drag up another one. That was a winner too, and that was that. That was a little bit better fuel. That was probably sixty, seventy of us there. Yeah, I did crash up on you pretty good there, but uh, we won't we won't talk about that much. I don't I don't feel as confident today on the racetrack, but off the track picking these guys, I know a winner when I see one, and I am very well prepared. Not really, but yeah, yeah. Good. No, and like I say, at this point, like. We're basically just both shooting in the dark. And that brings up a good point. Like, I think we spent a lot of time in the Allstate debate apologizing to for the, the not picking people. In this instance, like, we get three picks apiece. Like, most of the time we're going to pick somebody that, like, finished in the top ten last year or that we feel like, you know, has a history of doing this. So if you're that guy that's, like, going to run your first divisional this year and right now you feel like you're going to win the world championship, like, more power to you. You, you have to go into it with that mindset. But if you're going to be upset with us that we didn't pick you, we're going to do this again in June or July. So my advice to you, that guy, is win something between now and then, and then maybe we'll pick you up. Mm. Mm. How about that? That is good advice. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. So without further ado, Superstock first. Let's. Um, how are we going to do this? We're going to flip a coin. Who gets the number one draft choice here? Well, let me see. There's six categories, so you just take three, and I'll take three. We don't have to flip a coin. You you can go first right here. Be just fine, and then we'll rotate. Super stock. Man. Okay, I've got a list here, and I kind of put them in order, so I guess i got to go with the prohibitive favorite. And, and I feel almost bad picking somebody to, to repeat because I, that doesn't happen that often. But I don't know how you could look at Superstock and not pick Jimmy DeFrank first. So I'll go with Jimmy. Okay. So let me scratch Jimmy off my list. <laughs> yep, I did list. have him. I thought you weren't prepared. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I had to write down a list. Oh, okay. Well, who's at the top so of your list? I, then? I, mean, I get two and three. That's right. You get back-to-back picks here. I do. And I'm going to take Cooter. That is... Uh, Hidalgo Jr., for those of you who don't know who Cooter is. Mm-hmm. Good pick. And my second pick is going to be Dan Fletcher. That, it's hard to go wrong with Mr. Fletcher. That's always a solid pick. I, I actually, uh, I might have a little inside, insider trading going on here. I, I did have a conversation with Dan when I was <laughs> preparing for this. I, I don't, this is bullcrap. I don't if, know if that going I like on. your pick in Superstock, but you never know. I mean, he could go out. So you're telling me he's not going to run Superstock, and I just picked him with my second pick. It's not pick. looking good for you, but you never know. Um, <laughs> if he okay. goes and, and, and wins Pomona and Phoenix in Superstock, I'm sure that he could have a change of heart. So, yeah. And to be completely frank, on my little cheat sheet here, it had Jimmy and then it had Cooter. So you you, uh, you definitely stole one from me. So you did you uh, did well there. Okay, so in recap, I've got Jimmy DeFrank. Big Jed has Jimmy Hidalgo Jr. and Dan Fletcher. So now I get picks four and five. And I've got... Why did I do this to myself? I have a list of ten people in Superstock. Like you were going to pick the other eight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Give me, I'm going to go a little, like, as much as any of this is off the grid. Give me the guy that's pulling gears. Give me Zaskowski. Brad Zaskowski will be my number Ooh. four pick. 
I'll go with Justin Lamb, baby J. Wow. It's Askowski and Lamb, okay. So I get the final pick. Team Jed, Superstock. We've got Cooter, Fletch, and... My final pick will be... I'm going to go with Kyle Rizzoli. Riz. All right. I'm going with Riz. All right. Good deal. We got. We both got a couple left coasters sneaking in there. Yeah. I think somebody's going to start hot on the left coast, and it's going to, going to work out well for them. And at this point, you know, I'm looking for that to be Fletcher and or Riz. All right. So just to recap Superstock, the winning team picks are uh, Jimmy DeFrank, Braz Daskowski, Justin Lamb, part of Team League. <laughs> and, uh, and over there on Jed's side, Cooter Hidalgo, Dan Fletcher, Kyle Rizzoli. So, again, we'll, we've actually, hopefully we won't have to go back and listen to this podcast. We'll try to keep some notes so we can revisit this in June. And uh, yeah. that way you can boot Fletcher off your team and pick somebody else. <laughs> well, I got some... you, you, uh, Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'll... Oh, no, I, I got some guys, some aces in the hole there. So now we'll move over to stock, and uh, I get the first pick. That's right. So I, I got to pick a guy that, that I've been riding on this podcast for quite a while, and I feel like he's going to uh, make an attempt to chase the world, and I'm very confident in him, and that's one Adam Davis. That was on my list as well. Okay, AD to the top. Number one draft pick. I'll have to take Number one draft pick. <laughs> okay. Well, the the top of my list was the one that you stole from me in Superstock, so I'm gonna put Cooter on there. Give me Cooter on, on Team Luke. I mean, he can uh, he can have a good year in stock anyway. And good then, choice. Uh, my second pick, and I, I got a guy slated in here second, but I don't think you'll pick him. So I'm thinking of kind of stowing him back. I think I can steal him at, at number six. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't think I'm gonna go with that. I'll um. I'll go with a, a more obvious pick. Ooh, man, there's a lot of obvious picks on my board here. <laughs> Give me Strick to go back-to-back. Back. That, that's that's probably not smart. I've done that in both classes, but I'll take wow. Strick. Okay. All right, so got. I got Cooter and Strick. You got AD, Adam Davis, and you get picks four and five now. All right. My, my next pick's going to be Slate Cummings. Always solid. My final pick will be Joe Santangelo. Oh, that was the one I was saving. Oh, shouldn't have saved that there. Oh, oh, dang it. I got you, so You think you're all more, way more prepared than everybody else. Oh, but no, gee, it's stuck in there. there for a little, oh, man. <laughs> dang it. Okay, well. Doc, it's so hard, you know. There, I've, I've got seven names in each category, and every one of these guys could win it all. I mean, they're very talented. Well, you know, you say that, but we've got five guys picked, and they are the top five guys on my list. Okay. <laughs> I'll take a little bit of a flyer. I'll, I'll take a page out of your book here, and again, I might have some inside information. But with my last pick, I will take Mr. Fletcher, so he actually is going to appear on both lists along with uh, Cooter. So my stock team, Jimmy Hidalgo Jr., defending world champion and today's guest on the podcast i should get bonus points there jeff strickland <laughs> and mr fletcher who by the time pomona's over I, I don't i don't want to put too much pressure on him he's got a chance to uh, to hit the century mark it's going to happen early this season without question yeah it will for a solid team you got there thank you thank you i'm proud of it i wish i had santangelo to be completely honest but i'm proud of it <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad you don't. All right. Big Jed stock team, just to recap, Adam Davis, Slate Cummings, and Joe Santangelo. Up next, Jed, we're going to go to Super Comp, 890 class. My favorite category in the nature mm-hmm. competition, which I'm probably in the 1% there, the people that actually get jacked up about Super Comp. <laughs> For me, I'm so glad that I have the top draft pick here because I think you would probably steal him. And it's funny to say that because he's never won a world championship, but that is a complete statistical anomaly. And he's already made it public that this is going to be his last season really pursuing the NHRA Tour. I think it would be very fitting for him to hoist the trophy at the end of the season and very deserving. My pick, and it is my pick at this time every single year, and it hasn't happened yet, but 2017 is a year. Give me Tommy Phillips. (sighs) Yeah, I knew that was coming. I'll scratch Mr. Phillips off my list. (laughs) You get two and three, big guy. I get two and three, and I... You know, this is a class I'm not extremely familiar with, but I'm having to go back to some podcast notes, and I'm going to go with my my first pick being Ray Miller. Ray Ray. I assume Ray Ray the third, correct? Yeah, yes. The old man had a really good year last year is why I asked. Yeah, but you got to go Ray Ray. I I mean, no offense. So my second pick is going to be last name Williams. I'm struggling with which one of those Williams to go with, but I think I'm going to pick Austin. Very good. Yeah, you, you have a few to choose from, and I, and that's not even thinking about the, the bracket Williams between our, our Florida yep. friends. Yeah, just Austin and Steve, yeah. Okay, so I get then four and five, and um, okay. this I was going to take a little bit of a flyer here because I've got one in mind. But I think I have to go with the two obvious picks here. Gary Stennett's won more NHRA Super Comp World Championships than anyone. And particularly last year, really for the last two years, he's been in the mix. And I just feel like he's, to the point that he's ever lost, like he's turned the corner with this new combination. I think he's going to be a major threat this year. So give me Mr. Stennett. Very good pick. And the other one, I'm going to take a uh, another guy that's no stranger to world championships and arguably like the best pure driver in the class in the world. You know, not just in super comp. Give me uh, Kevin Brandon. I'll take KB. KB, that's an excellent pick. Excellent pick. I I wasn't sure if uh, he would chase it or not. Um, I might have a little but, insider information there. Too. I was going to say, based on the fact you picked him, I, I'm guessing he's chasing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I will, you know, I just said I was struggling with the Williams to figure it out, but uh, as much as I want Steve Williams right here, I, I just uh, this guy's near and dear to my heart. He's my former car owner, Sherman Adcock. I'm going big Sherm to to wrap up my team, be my number three pick. Never a bad pick. I like Sherm. Okay, we're gonna break this up a little bit before we go into the next couple of classes. I want to talk a little bit about AirTech. I mentioned AirTech in the introduction. AirTech developed a trick tire pressure gauge and gauge really isn't a strong enough word like they call it a pressure monitoring system that's how tricky it is okay i think i should start by telling you that it's 349 dollars, and i know what you're thinking good lord 350 dollars for a tire gauge i don't have to tell you that we compete in a world where champions and also rands are separated by thousands of a second i particularly and individually i want every opportunity every advantage that i can get There aren't many truly accurate tire gauges on the market today. 
fewer than you'd like to believe. And it's hard to know when yours is inaccurate. AirTech eliminates that variable. They're all that I'll use, and it's what I recommend. And they're what we sell at Luke Bogacki Motorsports. So contact me for details if you're interested. And of course, our good friends at Racing RVs, they're heavily involved in sportsman drag racing. They headline the NHRA Top Dragster and Top Sportsman Series. We'll be talking about those classes coming up here soon. They sponsor all of the SFG Promotions events, which are wildly popular, including the World Series of Bracket Racing, the Super Bowl of Bracket Racing, and now the, the Powerball event. Racing RV sponsors racers, including Austin Williams, which is one of my team members. Uh, they very popular Disco Dean Carnes and our own cool hand Luke Bogacki. They present the podcast that you're listening to. In short, Racing RVs is invested in sportsman drag racing. So when the time comes for you to make an investment in your own RV or trailer, we encourage you to support the company that supports sportsman drag racing. That's Racing RVs. They do it all. New coaches, used units. They do finance and trade-ins, consignments. You name it, they can take care of you. Visit them online at RacingRVs.com. All right, today we are picking our, we're predicting our 2017 champions. Before we get into the last three classes of NHRA competition, we're going to take a little break and talk with a 2016 NHRA world champion. In fact, a multi-time 2016 NHRA world champion. We've talked about him on the podcast before. He is one of just two people in the history of NHRA drag racing to win two world championships in the same season. Did it last year in extraordinarily dramatic fashion, and that's Jeff Strickland winning Stock Eliminator and Top Dragster 2016 NHRA World Championships. So up next is a quick interview with Red Bay Alabama's own Jeff Strickland. All right, joining us now is the 2016 reigning NHRA world champion in stock and top dragster. All-around good guy, multi-time big buck bracket race winner, just a superstar all together. Our main man, one of the Alabama Slammers, Jeff Strickland. Strick's on the phone with us. How you doing, bud? Good. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Doing wonderful, <laughs> bud. Thanks again for, for joining us on the show here today. I guess where else would we start, given the uh, the last six months of your life, but uh, in stating the obvious, obviously finishing 2016 with not only the Top Dragster World Championship, but also the Stock Eliminator World Championship, becoming just the second driver in NHRA history to claim multiple world championships in the same season. Without going into too much detail on the whole season, give me the blow-by-blow, the the recap of 2016, and and obviously capping it off in in grand style. Oh, man. I think I still get butterflies just thinking about all that going on. You know, after the fact, now it's fun, but uh, during the fact, it wasn't wasn't so much fun during the, you know, when you're sitting there for an hour and a half old down and you're fixing to race Driscoll for, you know, one round closer to a world championship. And you're 1,700 miles from home. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I really haven't been able to explain that. And, and I try not to dwell on it a too lot. I'm glad that it happened, but I'm 
I'm ready to move on and, and try to start over and, you know, just go through it and see what if we can do any damage this year. Jeff, does it does it put any added pressure on you? You put an added pressure on yourself to, to try and repeat, to to try to live up to what you accomplished? I mean, how do you approach the 2017 season? Mentally, it will be a little bit tough to start the season, you know, just because of everything that happened and everything fell my way. I mean, nothing, I mean, you got good equipment, did my job actually for a change and, and, <laughs> and it worked out. You know, there's a lot of times when we sit behind the wheel for an important round or a final round and we do something completely crazy. I've done it a million times. So as far as pressure from the public, I don't think I see any. As far as mentally for myself, yes, I'll, I'll have a lot of pressure on myself just simply because, I mean, I want to win. I don't want to have won last year and then, you know, do something crazy this year. I, I would just like to somewhat keep the flow on an average have a good average through 2017 sure strick we talked about your season ending run quite a bit on back on what was that episode one it's been a couple months ago really in the podcast when it was just Mm -hmm. after it happened take us through because you you leave red bay alabama headed to las vegas to run the national first and at that time let's see you were leading in stock eliminator but in the mix in top dragster but at that point fur was leading actually correct Yes. Yeah. Fur was in the driver's seat. Most, you know, mostly the whole season. We had had some success here and there in top dragster. I was happy with the way everything was going. Did I feel like I had a shot at top dragster? Yes. Did I realistically see it happening the way that it happened? Never in a million years. No. <laughs> right. And as the, you run the, the national event at Vegas, which didn't mean much for you in terms of points, you were claimed out at that point, correct? Yes. Stock, I could not count. They didn't have top dragster, so I played in super comp till you know, which that didn't last very long. So <laughs> I'm just, I guess I'm not a super comp racer anymore. I, I just don't enjoy it. I like going fast. I enjoy top dragster. I enjoy the challenge of going down the racetrack and trying to make something that violent consistent. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And then going into the divisional race there, I don't remember the exact situation in stock, but obviously the top dragster situation is well documented. You you and Matt Driscoll both surpassed mm-hmm. Fur earlier in the day, then have to run at eight cars remaining, six cars remaining, however that shook down. And basically, mm-hmm. if Driscoll wins that round, he's the world champion. If Correct. you win that round, you have to win one more in advance to mm-hmm. the final to win the championship. So now what I didn't realize is that you had to sit there for a while during an oil down. Was this like as as you two were suited up, or what, what, what point of the day was this? They had called us to the lanes, and I think I had just lost in stock fourth round, and they called top director to the lanes, and I was just about to go, and then I was like, I hear this big explosion in some alcohol car, I think it blew the cylinder head off of it going down the racetrack and oiled the track from 60 foot to the turnoff. And I was like, well, should I go see if Driscoll's in the lanes or should I just sit here? So we elected to just sit there. And I think I wore at least two inches out of the asphalt walking back and forth (laughs) and around the car in that hour and a half. And then finally they said, okay, we're good good to go. And I was like, okay, now I need to, you know, I kind of, didn't pay attention to the weather in that hour and a half, and it changed a lot. You know how Vegas can be. So um, I had to run in and look at my weather, and I was like, all right, this is what it is. Hope this is right. I'm just going to trust the car. And how With that much on the line, 
Jeff, you know, obviously you know Matt well. I'm sure you're good friends. With that much mm-hmm. on the line, really over one run, what what kind of conversations are had between you two? I remember Al Kenny walking through the lanes as we're sitting there. Me and Matt, you know, we said hi in previous rounds. Now, that particular round, I don't think we really spoke other okay. than he says, I'm going to take the right lane. And I'm like, okay. So I kind of just tried to not really turn my back, but not pay attention to what they were doing, just pay attention to what we were doing. And I, I felt like I had one job to do. And if I did that, which was try to be no worse than 007 or 008, and I, I felt like I had a really good race car. But on the other hand, I was 100% confident that he was going to be 12 or 14 and dead on. So you you know what you're going into. But the funniest part, I think, was Al Kenny walks right in between our cars, stands there, gets everybody's attention and goes, hmm, what an interesting pair, and turns around and walks <laughs> off. And I'm like, okay, like we don't know this. <laughs> but, uh, so uh, it was, it was, I don't it was just know, good for him to break it, up the tension there a little bit. Right. I don't know if even, what, three months later you can put it into words, but that wind light comes on. Do your best to describe that feeling. I think, uh, well, I know I had an instant headache. I don't know if it was just everything, you know, was relieved to a certain degree, but on the other hand, when I came back to my trailer... I don't think I could hand Larry the time slip. I was shaking so bad. You know, it's the most nerve-wracking run in your life. And then, you know, everybody was kind of talking. You know, everybody's coming by. And I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I had already turned my phone on silent and face down two hours before that. I didn't want any text messages. I didn't want any phone calls. Just kind of wanted to sit there and look at my numbers for an hour and a half, however long it took. And then once that round was over... It, it, the pressure didn't it didn't go away it was still there no, because you, you still got work to do at that point right yeah and, and well i think the best thing that we did though is mm-hmm. i never looked at a ladder i never looked at a qualifying sheet before the race mm-hmm. i didn't know when or how i could run driscoll or if i could pass him i just know that if he had won that was fourth round that it was over nobody could pass him period mm-hmm. so I didn't look at anything, and then first thing Sunday morning, Shane sends me a text, and it says, "Guess you, I guess destiny is in your hands today, isn't it?" And I was like, "I guess. I don't know. I never looked." <laughs> so wow. that's you know, it. Wasn't long after that I turned my phone on silent, so I kind of knew it was coming. I just didn't know what round. And then uh, at that point, beat Driscoll, have to come back, win the win the semifinal round to win the championship. Was that with <laughs> Jesse Adams? Yes. Hmm. And he had issues, uh, tire shake, something along those lines? You know, we we did our burnouts. I'm backing up. He took forever to do his burnout. And I was, you know, you get that thought in your head. And then he does his burnout, and it's like he can't back up. So I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking, well, should I roll some delay in? Should I not? Is he having trouble? Is he not? Finally, he gets backed up, and then I light the pre-stage. And then it took, seemed like an hour for him to light the pre-stage, not saying he took forever. It just seemed that way to me. You know, of course I'm ready to go when he did roll forward. I was like, okay, he's not broke. You got one job again. You have to let go of the trigger. And when I let go of the button, I was like, it's red. You just went red for the championship. And then right as the second yellow was on, I buried the brake pedal. Nobody. I don't think I've ever told that to, but I did bury the brake pedal until the car started to move and then let go of it. 
and it was green, and I was thinking, it's over. I have to win. And then I go into shock because I look the first time, and he's rolling up on me pretty quick. And then I look forward, and by the time you look forward and back in a top dragster car going that fast, you've traveled three or 400 feet. <laughs> right. You know? So the by the time I look at him, and it, it seemed like we were at about the eighth, I'm not real sure, but he he was closing in quick. And I looked forward, and when I looked back again, right at the eighth mile, it, he was going backwards. And I'm thinking, now what? Don't screw up. So I'm on the brakes, and then I'm, I have turned somehow. I don't know. I turned, and I'm on the brakes as hard as I can possibly get on the brakes. And I think I went 170-something mile an hour to the eighth and 150-something to the quarter, sliding the rear tires just to make sure that, I mean, I would have. I was just trying not to crash, but I was, you know how it is when you get caught up. You're like, I don't know. You can still go under, but, and then when that wind light came on, I would just, it's kind of a blur from there. I don't, uh, I wasn't even going to go up for the finals because I didn't know the ruling. If, if you do a burnout and break in the finals and can't stage, do you get runner up points? So we had this big powwow in the staging lanes. And I said, look, if I do a burnout and this thing blows up, I'm not losing the world championship. So if you tell me that I have to stage the car, I'm going to fire it up here and I'm driving straight to the stage beams and I'm lighting both bulbs and cutting the motor off. <laughs> and, uh, so the division director, he came down, clarified everything. And he says, all right, yeah, you can do a burnout, blow up. You still win the world. And I was like, all right, we're racing. <laughs> so, you know, and in the finals, I think I was so screwed up. I, I think there's only a few people that know that when I did let go in the finals, or eventually when I let go, let's say that I did get four bumps in to be 27 in the final. <laughs> so, uh, Probably had, had to be close to the most anticlimactic final round of your career. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm riding down the racetrack thinking, okay, you've won the world. You've lost the finals. What a letdown. You're such a wuss. <laughs> we keep traveling down through there. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I got room. And then I started rolling him through a little bit. And, and I had made a deal. I said, if I win the final, I'm pulling both parachutes. I've never done that. And, uh, and so the wind light comes on. I forget to shut the motor off, forget to put it in neutral, didn't pull the chutes. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. We got some work to do. So I'm trying to get the motor shut. It was kind of chaotic in the car there for a minute. By the time I pulled the chutes, I think I was almost stopped anyway. But. Uh. <laughs> So that wraps up. You're the top dragster world champion, obviously the highest of highs, but now realizing going into Pomona, you're still leading the world in stock and have a chance to do something that's been done once in history. And we talked about it on that podcast a couple of months ago, like the scenario that you were in to basically race against Matt Driscoll in essentially one round winner takes all for everything for the world championship mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. there's very few racers that get that opportunity to be in that spot at any point in their career fast forward mm -hmm. one week from that you and brad burton mano a mano fourth round at pomona in the exact same situation going at it for the second time in a week was it any different from your perspective it was and wasn't i guess you'd say it was it one had already been settled. So at this point, I can't be mad or, you know, anything provided stock doesn't work out. But with the Copo, the ultimate goal when I started driving the Copo, which Chevrolet, you know, Roger Allen, GM, 
Victor Cagnazzi, the whole clan, they wanted a world championship. And I was like, yeah, write that in there that if I win the world, I get a $20,000 bonus. And I was joking. And I was like, you know, the odds of me winning the world in a car I've never driven, not very good. So we didn't write it in there. And now I wish we would have. But (laughs) (laughs) going back for that week, I actually did look at a ladder, which is something I don't normally do. I did try to qualify just to where... If nothing else, first, second, third, fourth round, any of those rounds, I'm good. I felt like I had a really good race car, and I did all year. So it comes down to that one thing. If I can catch him before fourth round, then all I have to do is hit the tree. I think I have the best race car there. So we did screw up, actually, on the ladder. It didn't work out the way we wanted because I was trying to – I was thinking that he would probably go to the pole. I was trying to go to number two or no number or whatever it was. I don't remember now, but, and I didn't think he could go to the pole, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I got a surprise there because he did. I don't know. I'm getting rambling now, but, uh, to run him fourth round, not only did we have to race on Saturday morning, my family, my wife, kids, mom, dad, brother, sister, we got Larry, the crew chief there, Brent's support over the phone. Everybody flies in Friday night. <laughs> so they're all there. Mm. My sister and, or my brother hasn't been to a race in forever, and he has flown to California for this. So to save pressure, I get chills right now thinking about it. And I get, I just get, I don't know, teary-eyed, emotional, whatever you want to call it, just thinking about that particular run and what it meant to – my family more than myself. And like I said, if it didn't work out, everybody else is still happy. Mentally, I'm not because my family was there. I wanted to do it with them there. They didn't get to enjoy the Vegas deal and Top Dragster. So uh, for them to get to be there, that that was uh, unreal. I can't even explain that. The look on my dad's face was, uh, I will never forget it. It's, it's something that's scarred me for life. Yeah, that'd be in a good way in a good way <laughs> so yeah, very cool stuff like uh like our all of our listeners out there i'm sure we can we can only imagine but uh having you walk back through it like that is uh that had to be a special moment it's special just listening to it so congratulations again jeff thank you so what's um turning the page i guess we talked a little bit about how excited you are for the upcoming season anything different in your camp any any new plans for 2017 no well the dragster will be should be all the same as last year same combination same everything i'm scared to change it because we have it working pretty good and and we had it working good the start of 2016 so i don't like a lot of change anyway now going back to the stalker uh change would be an understatement as we were talking before we got online gm's new copo with the 376 direct injection motor it's an animal i mean it's a beautiful car i'm excited to drive it i'm just i hope and i know that it will be i'm just nervous because i don't like the change but the car a new 2017 copo is somewhat intimidating i guess but uh, not a lot of change, just, you know, freshen up the dragster, not even putting new tires on, going right back out like we were last year, freshen the motor up, and uh, the Copo, wish me luck, I guess <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. Where will your season start, Yeah, we were, we were looking at Orlando, 
And then I don't think we can get everything ready for Orlando. So it's probably going to be Gainesville Points Race. We'll do, uh, they do test there. I talked to Rich, our division director. They test Wednesday and Thursday before the divisional. So, and I think maybe Kevin Weidman will come down and help with the Copo. It, the car should be ready because it's already been raced. So it's not like a brand new first time hitting the racetrack. Vic did race this car some in 2016. From what we've seen, it's a proven car. It should be good. But uh, uh, looking like Gainesville points race and then hit the road, try to work, you know, how we have to do it. Well, we wish you a lot of luck defending those championships, bud. Well, I'm, I'm not even looking for a championship. I'm looking for, I guess, what I would consider a successful season would be to win – you know, I'd like to win a couple of races here and there, you know, show good finishes, maybe some runner-ups, some finals, some wins. Uh, as far as points go to defend a world championship, there's very few that have ever done that. So for me to say that, that that's my goal for 2017, I'd be lying to you because it's not. I mean, I, I just want to be like we talked earlier. I want to be consistent. I want to, you know, have a lot of trophies when I when I get done racing. So right now I'm just, I'm looking forward to doing the first burnout and, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Sound like a good time. Well, I hope so. We, uh, switching gears on you a little bit last <laughs> week on the podcast, we had some entertaining stories to say the least. And, and in talking to you earlier, um, you sounds like you might have a little something to throw your hat in the ring. So let's, let's switch gears here a little bit and, uh, let's hear a, a Jeff Strickland story. That doesn't involve well, like winning a world championship. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many stories. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, let's go with. Uh, I was probably a big fan of the Dukes of Hazard when I was a kid. Well, our generation. Well, the new generation don't even know who Dukes of Hazard is. I don't think. But, That's on them. <laughs> yeah, but we had a little '73 wheeler when I was little, about six years old, five somewhere along in there. So me and my brother would drag each other behind this three-wheeler by the wheelie bar. Dad had built a wheelie bar on it. So, you know, we put on our jacket of some sort. And I don't, I mean, I would never let my kids out of sight on an ATV or anything like that. My parents, they didn't watch after us very much. It was just, <laughs> hey, I'm going out to ride and uh, all right, see you. Be home before dark. Okay. And I'm six years old. So my brother's dragging me behind the three-wheeler. Uh, I come in that day, that particular day, and my jacket was torn all to pieces. Of course, we got in huge trouble over that. We had to explain what we were doing. and uh, But that wasn't the big one. The big one was me and my cousin. We had always said, you know, Dukes of Hazard, they jump stuff, so we're going to jump something. So we set up. We had a little John Deere, one of those tractors you pedal or whatever, mm -hmm. and we set this thing up, and we go, I don't know, 50 yards away from it, something like that. And we're going to jump this tractor. The problem is, we didn't have a ramp. Did you say 50 yards? <laughs> yeah, 50 yards. However far it took us to get going go. wide open. Yeah. Yeah. We went wide open without a ramp and just expecting that we would fly through the air like Dukes of Hazard, But it did not pan out that way. We crashed for 15 minutes, I think, after that. We... <laughs> <laughs> we didn't break any bones or anything, but I remember going in the house and uh, my mom saying, what did you do? And I said, well, we, we were trying to jump that tractor like Dukes of Hazard. 
And she said, what tractor? And I said, well, that one down there behind the house. Well, it was all good and muddy, too. So me and my cousin just covered in mud. She has to go get my sister from gymnastics. So she puts us, stands us up in the bathtub. My dad's at work, and she says, I'll be back. Don't move. So me and my cousin are just standing there, six years old, in the shower, no water, no nothing, just don't move. So my mom just, she comes back like 30 minutes later. She goes, all right, let me clean you boys up. It's like, okay. So at least say we didn't try jumping a tractor again, but <laughs> I did run over myself with a three-wheeler though. Oh, that's <clears throat> yeah, not hard to do. That. I finally figured out that you're supposed to have a ramp to do that with. So I built a ramp. And, of course, my parents were nowhere around. And I jumped the ramp. The problem was I went over the handlebars, and the three-wheeler kept going. I landed, I don't know, face up somehow, and the three-wheeler ran over me. <laughs> and when I went home, I had tire tracks on my face. And, of course, my sister still gets a kick out of that to this day. She goes, what did you do? I said, well, I ran over myself. She goes, how? Well, I flipped over the handlebars trying to jump that ramp. Mom told me we needed a ramp to jump a tractor. So, I don't know. It's a wonder we're still alive. All it is a miracle you're still here. You were yes. one of those kids that just wasn't scared of nothing, weren't you? No, and I, you know what's funny? I'm probably right the opposite now. I'm like, I wear my seatbelt. I'm, you know, I'm a safe driver. I watch what I'm doing. I try to do things the right way, and uh, hopefully I don't. Well, I'm not going to try to jump any tractors anytime soon, but I hope my kids don't either. <laughs> but the bad part is my son is, is just like me, and that scares me to death. He's got a razor, but I won't let him drive it without me in there right now. Right. All right on this Good week's idea. episode of the podcast, Jeff, Jed and I are, are drafting this year's world champions and i'm gonna kick his butt so we've, we've got a little standing <laughs> bet on this so obviously you know just like you said it would it would uh it's not far-fetched by any means for you to be holding the trophy again at the end of the season but to expect to go back to back is i don't want to say not realistic it's definitely realistic but uh like you said it's probably not a uh, a fair goal if not you who like who would who were your biggest competition coming into 2017 that you can think of off the top of your head oh man there's there's so many good racers in stock right now Ah, shoot you got you got slates good and i'm gonna leave somebody out i know but i mean there's there's so many people uh jeff harrington in our division drives really good uh hidalgo's good you got burton man there's so many I, i don't that's just people that i'm friends with of course you know that's the ones i'm gonna think of right off the top of my head that i talk to it is a deep class. If I, I don't know. I haven't thought about it as far as just picking somebody. Whew, I don't know. I, I, I'd have to look at a list of people and just start going through it. But I can't name anyone off. It's just according on who gets hot. That that's the thing. No, no doubt. I agree with that. What about top dragster? That seems to be a little bit. Obviously, it's a little bit smaller field. Who jumps out at you there is somebody that would have a, an awesome shot because we haven't picked TD yet, so I'm taking notes. You know, <laughs> if if Driscoll races and Fur races, they got to be your top two picks. I mean, they're they're both great racers. Finished two and three. I was lucky enough to get by this year, but those two guys, they're strong. I mean, they're they're real strong. They got good equipment. They drive good. They make good runs. You, you got to go with them. I mean, those two guys are, are probably at the top of my list. Yeah. No I don't sure. like this discussion. <laughs> Why? 
<laughs> I don't like this discussion at all because I, I mean, I might or might not have those names on my list, and oh, well, I, you know, Jed, Luke you know, I never does, thought but... of Steve Fur or Matt Driscoll. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? They're, they're not on my <laughs> list at all. Thanks, Jeff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But who's you know, you're you're naming off some other names on some other categories too. So, I, I mean. Man, it, Fur, he's just an animal, man. He does. If if I hope Luke stays in Super Gas Super Comp myself, you know, don't you don't need a top dragster car because uh, it's bad enough like it is. I'm not licensed to go that fast, sir. You good? I don't think you need to be. <laughs> <laughs> what about the uh, the Allstate race coming up in uh, in Memphis? I know that you are one of the uh, preferred Alabama Slammers. Congratulations on winning the All-State debate within the podcast, if that means anything to anyone but me and Jed. Means something to me. <laughs> <laughs> means something to me. There's a lot of people there. What are your thoughts on the actual competition in Memphis in September? That's got to be the greatest of All-Star races. You know, from the list of people that I've seen, if you win that, you deserve to stand on top of the mountain. There, That's a good list of people, all of them. You know, and, and I know a lot of people that, you know, that didn't get in that probably should be. And, and I don't really see myself as, as qualified as some of the other people that, that that's named for mention. So Time for out. me to be hey. in it, I think that's great. You just won two world championships. In one <laughs> you qualified. Well, that's, uh, that's, I'll let other people think what they want. You, you know how I am in my own mind. It, it's an ongoing battle, you know, mentally to try to be good. And, and you don't, like I said earlier, you don't dwell on anything, good or bad. You take your punches or you give your punches and you move on to the next race. Uh, you don't get high on yourself by any means because that is the quickest way down. So I'm just trying to win a round by round. And I don't know. I, I'm excited about your all-star race, though. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll get a lot of attention. And I just hope that I I don't know. I hope I could win one round in it. I mean, there's a stout group, so. Yeah, no doubt. I don't think anything's a given in that, but. Uh, no. You win put, that, you're going to earn it. I'd put money on you as quick as anybody else, that's for sure. All right, Jeff, the way we're, we try to close out most of our interviews, I would say all of our interviews, but we tend to forget this half the time here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. <laughs> we, okay. uh, we, we try to close out with a little rapid fire. So the way this will work is uh, Jed and I will have a couple of questions for you. Some are racing related, some aren't. What we're looking for is a simple, quick answer, just 10 words or less. One word's sufficient in a lot of cases. Some of this will be entertaining. Some of it will be kind of blah, but we, we got a couple questions. You, you, you ready? You know, some of it could be embarrassing, too. So Could be. <laughs> That's been known to happen. Right, I'll, okay. start it, I'll start it off easy for you, Jeff. All right. Favorite race car you've ever driven? The top director car. Okay. Yeah, if I went six forties at two hundred plus, I'd probably be with you. There. Yeah, that's you know, if it wasn't that, it'd be the Copo. But <laughs> the speed wins. All right. Favorite song on your playlist? Oh Lord, something probably by Garth Brooks. Hey, you're speaking my language. I like that. All there right. Now I realize. I think you've told me in the past that you could hit a golf ball into Mississippi from your house. You are right near the state line, correct? Correct. All right, but you are an Alabama resident. Yes. So 100%. having been an Alabama resident in the past, I know that the most important question in life at times is this. Auburn or Alabama? <laughs> Alabama. Okay. Roll Tide. That's what I'm talking That's about. That's it. Peanut butter and jelly or fried bologna? Fried bologna. Oh, I love you, man. No hesitation there. <laughs> 
Jeff, uh, we've all got our, our, our goofy fears, whether it be heights, spiders, whatever the case may be. What are you afraid of? Airplanes, period. Airplanes it is. I'm so infatuated by them. I love to watch them. I'm amazed by what they do. Don't want to be on one. Have you been on one? A bunch, okay. yes. Still, still don't like it. <laughs> still don't like it. They don't let me drive. I don't want to play. Very good. Well, Jeff, we thanks again it. for coming on and, and sharing some stories with us. Always a pleasure to talk with you, and congrats again on an unbelievable 2016. Best of luck in the coming year. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, and uh, maybe we'll talk again soon if I can light a wind light, maybe. I'll see you guys soon. Uh, thanks, thanks, man. All right, so we picked uh, super stock, stock, and super comp. Now we're going to move on to the super gas category, and I am going to get the first pick here and another category loaded, loaded, loaded with talent. But this guy, just he's always in the mix. I mean, just always in the mix, and I believe you got to just practically go through him to win it. I'm going to pick Fuzz with my first pick, Steve Furr. Fuzz is never a bad pick. No stranger to uh, winning world championships and uh, and being involved late. Fuzz was on my list. I have to put a cross through that one. <laughs> I, I know for sure where I'm going with number two. And it's another guy, I guess, sort of like Tommy Phillips in that he hasn't won an NHRA world championship yet. And I feel like it's kind of a an anomaly of sorts. Like I, I've felt like he is... One of, if not the best drivers and one of, if not the best combinations in the class for what feels like a decade. I'm going to go with Mike Sawyer. Big Mike. Oh. Mm, yeah, had that one on the list, didn't you? All right. <laughs> that one hurt. All right, yeah. <laughs> that um, one hurt. Okay, so that was two and three. Ooh, I could, I could really hurt you there if I wanted to. Because I think I know where you're going next. You have no idea where I'm going. Well, that's a good point. Now, the you're good, to, but you're not that good. The second I try to predict you. Okay, so Jed's got Fuzz, and I've got Big Mike. With my third pick, man, I got so many good names on here. Yeah, I'm going to hurt your feelings. Give me Sherman. Sherman Adcock. Mm, yeah, that one. That one hits near and dear. I didn't think I could get out of this by getting Sherman on both of my my teams are on two different teams so good pick real good pick hard to go wrong with sure yeah i'm very excited about my next pick though <laughs> really okay uh, yeah this one will be near and dear to your heart this family has stepped up and is helping with one of my events actually gonna help with both of my events this year and uh just fall in love with the family. It's an absolutely wonderful group, and Jeff Lopez is going to be my number two pick. Now, you probably got inside information. that No, he's, he's on my list. I, I thought I could steal him late. Very good, very good. <laughs> so I'm going to take Mr. Lopez. That's the original Tex-Mex. That's, again, one of, uh, one of Robbie Lopez's nicknames like we talked about last week. Do you want to know how he got that name? I think it's kind of love to Love to hear it. Jeff's daddy, Eli, is a full-blooded Mexican. Jeff's mama is as white as I am. Hence, the original Tex-Mex. <laughs> okay, excellent. Uh, the Lopez family, it, it doesn't come any better, Robbie. Uh, we communicate on occasion and uh, just super good folks. And I'm glad to have him on my team, but more than that, just want to see the guy win. Doggone, he's a good guy. Yeah, he is, and a good and, racer. That's a good pick. And... I'm going to go, this is not necessarily off the grid, but it's 
didn't for some reason didn't come to mind till I did a little. Well, I'm telling on myself. I did a little research. But, yeah, what happened to the unprepared? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is bull crap. <laughs> I am going to pick Rusty Cook. Oh, that's a good pick. Rusty, Rusty. just uh, coming off a win last weekend out in right. Florida. Started the season well on IHRA side, and uh, just you know, Rusty don't mess around with going to the bracket races and messing up combinations. I mean, the guy's dialed in on what he wants to do. He just goes and does it and does it well. Okay, I'm glad to have Rusty. Last pick on my Super Gas team. I've got a, a, a several big names on my list here, I and mean, I've got to pick one. All right, <laughs> he was. The teammate to last year's NHRA Supergas World Champion. Let's hope Mia showed him the way. I'm going to go with my buddy, Catfish. Oh, he's catfishing. Racing Jason Lynch for Supergas World Champion. Always excellent choice. You know, the, the equipment will be there. The talent will be there. And once all that comes together, that's a very difficult combination to beat. Yeah, and what you what the whole field of Supergas now is going to have to deal with, in addition to Jason's talent, like, I'm a pretty good motivator, and I can push his <laughs> buttons, so JJ is getting a text, like, every morning of any, every NHRA division race, at least until June, because he's my horse, baby, we got to go! <laughs> Alright, uh, top dragster, I get, the, I get the first pick to lead this off in TD, don't I? You do get the first pick. Okay, we just talked to reigning world champion Jeff Strickland, and he told us how difficult it's going to be to repeat. And, and he alluded to Mr. Driscoll and how if he chases it, and that's the drama, I guess, in making the pick with Matt is I don't think he's – I don't want to say it doesn't mean a lot to him. He's won the world championship. He's got – he owns a business. Like if his season doesn't start off on fire, I could see him just dropping it and going bracket racing. Yep. But he's finished second two years in a row. He knows what it takes. He's a former Super Comp World Champion. His program's unbelievable. He's a great driver. I'm going to take Matt Driscoll with my top pick. Excellent choice. I have uh, marked my page appropriately. Scratched him off my list. Uh, you get two and three. I have a feeling that you're going to knock a pretty good dent in my uh, in my list here. <laughs> well, a name that's going to be familiar with uh, another category for me on my team i'm going with fuzz here as well doubled up on the fuzz i like it yeah i like fuzz he's he's a, he's a winner like yeah and my second choice while i understand how difficult it is to repeat if he doesn't win i still feel like he's going to be in the mix and i'm gonna go with a little strict hard to bet against that uh, I think we've gone chalk for the first three picks in top dragster. What would you say? <laughs> yes, I think so. All right. In this class, like, obviously, the, the field is much more limited because there's not a ton of racers nationwide that you feel like can qualify at every event. But among those, I feel really good about this. Obviously, I, I feel good about having Driscoll on my team, although certainly Fur and Strick are excellent choices. But I think I'm getting to pick here at four and five and in my mind arguably maybe the two best drivers in the category give me kevin brannon and jr lobner okay okay excellent excellent choices i got i got kb double entered man i'm kicking <laughs> your butt i know it. yeah you got you got kb on your team twice that's uh that's hard to beat 
again, I, I probably should have checked with him, but I just I, I felt like he probably wasn't gonna gonna chase. But <laughs> I am guessing I am dead wrong here. So. He'll probably go win the million in Vegas and lose all motivation to go to NHRA events. So. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, I'm going with a choice I'm not very familiar with, but looking at some of his results I, I, and him being a, a left coaster uh, guy that may can get us started early here, I'm going with Thomas Bayer. Oh, Bayer. Uh, okay. That's a good pick. That's always a good Thomas pick. Thomas got good equipment. What I've got to see of him, he drives well. So, Yeah, multi-time I'm, contender. Like I, I know he finished second in Supercomp one year. I think he's been in the top 10 in Super Gas. I think he's been in the top 10 in Top Alcohol Dragster. So, yeah, absolutely. Good pick. And you get to lead things off in our final category. And for just full disclosure, like we debated picking Competition Eliminator. Jed and I don't know much about Competition Eliminator. I don't think Doug Dahl's racing it again. He was last year's world champion. We'd pick Rampy. Beyond that, we're kind of clueless. So we're not doing yeah. comp. We're, we're going to close this out <laughs> with Top Sportsman. Yeah, I have, I have no idea on comp. And I, actually, I'm not real good at the at these last two categories either, being very familiar with them. But I know good drivers when I see them. And I'm going to start this thing out with a guy that's on your top dragster team. And that's one J.R. Lobner. J.R. going first pick in the draft. Yeah, he yep. was definitely on my list. Okay, so I get to pick two and three. And... The first one, I even though he didn't uh, have a great season in 2016, I think the obvious pick in the top sportsman category is your 2015 world champion, Jeffrey Barker. Like he's made that class look easy, and I know it's not easy for like a decade. So I don't know his plans for the season. I hope Jeffrey, if you're listening, chase it, chase it for me. Um, <laughs> so I'll take uh, I'll take Jeffrey Barker with the uh, pick number two, and kind of staying on that theme of drivers that have put up results in this class for years. In in his case, going back to I trade is for for decades. With my second pick, I'll take the third pick overall. Give me Sandy Wilkins. Oh, mm, yeah. Oh, that one. We're putting a hurting on Team Jed. I like it. Yeah, yeah, you hurt me. You hurt me bad there. I have no idea what my next pick's plans are, but guy that's very capable, just seems to really always have good equipment and finishes well. I hope he chases it, but I am going with Hollywood, Donnie Urban. That was coming. All right, that, that's <laughs> another one to mark off of my list. And my last pick, uh, again, somebody that I don't know much about his on-track results in Top Sportsman other than just a little internet search and seeing some results here or there, but a guy that I know is going to have the, the financing and the equipment to do whatever he wants to do, and I'm going with Don Mazier. Now, Jed, for those of you that don't know, we do our show off of, off of Google Docs, you know, like it's a shared document that we can both look at. And I didn't really share a thing on this, so I've got my list beside my Google Docs window here, and it's just in Word. Like, did I mess up and share that with you? <laughs> no, no, you didn't. I, I did a little more research than maybe I let on. You but, have wrecked uh, my top sportsman picks. Well, okay? that's awesome. I feel like a winner already. You know what's bad is I only had five names on there, and we've picked those five, and I've got to make the sixth pick. Um, <laughs> So I am completely shooting from the hip here. Um, oh, this feels so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, give me. Oh, there you go. I'll go. Uh, 
Like, yeah, kind of like you. Like, I don't think I've ever talked to this guy in person, but he wins a lot. And he's from Utah. And I'm going with Ed Open. Give me Big Ed. Yeah, Ed was uh, definitely a guy I looked at. So I think, uh, I think that's a really good choice as well. All right. So we have made our picks, our, our preseason picks. Just as a quick review, my Superstock team, Jimmy DeFrank, Brad Zaskowski, Justin Lamb, Big Jed Superstock, Kuda, Fletch, Riz. Just nicknames only. That's all we need. Oh, that's even better. All right. It's our stock teams. Why don't you, why don't you list them all for us, big guy? Yeah. Let me get back up here to the to the list. And you're, I mean to lose you. No, that's fine. You're stock. You got Cooter, Strick, and Fletch. I got a uh, nickname team, too. I like yeah, you got very good choices. And my stock team is uh, Adam Davis, Slate Cummins, and Joe Santangelo. I'm still so upset about Santangelo. <laughs> that felt so good, too. Super comp. I got TP. I got Stinnett. I got KB. That's pretty stout. Big Jed with Ray Ray, Ray Miller III, Austin Williams. We can just call him AW since we're going everybody else by initials. <laughs> and, uh, and Big Sherm, Sherman Adcock. Yeah, it's a winning team right there. And Super Gas, you got Mike Sawyer, which was a steal from me. You got Sherman Adcock, and you got Catfish, Jason Lynch. Uh, I've got Fuzz, Jeff Lopez, and Rusty Cook, which is uh, three of the nicest guys at the track as well, all the talent they have. Yeah, yeah, keep buttering them up. Too bad all six can't win the world championship, huh? <laughs> Too bad. Top dragster. I've got Big Matt, Matt Driscoll. I've got KB, again, double entered with KB, riding high, South Carolina to the front. And <laughs> J.R. Lobner. 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 I should know how to say his last name. It's Lobner, but I went with you on the Lobner. It's, I confirmed it in Vegas last year. I should know that. He's one of my buddies. It is okay. Lobner. Okay, Lobner. <laughs> and, uh, and Jed's top dragster team, Fuzz, once again, riding high with Fuzz. Strick, once again, and Tom Bear. Yep, and in top sportsman, we'll wrap it up. Your team is uh, Jeffrey Barker, Sandy Wilkins, and Ed Open. That's that's a stout team from what I've seen. And my top sportsman group is J.R. Loebner, Hollywood Donnie Urban, and Big Don Mazier. So that's some stout racing. It's going to be interesting to see how it works out. Yeah, this will be fun in, in June or July when we just gut these teams and we have none of our existing picks halfway <laughs> through the season. So that's what it's all about. Yeah, now somebody out of that list is going to be in the mix. We know that. It's, it's going to be cool. But it'll be neat to to see who you get to drop and pick up some free agents, too. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm kicking your butt. Whatever. Jed, before we close this thing out, I want you to say a couple words about uh, this is bracket racing. Yeah, I want to close the show by touching on some of the virtues of this is bracket racing. Whether you're a first-time racer or a seasoned veteran, This is Bracket Racing houses the tools to help you develop your own track game. This is Bracket Racing features written trainings and packages ranging from $5 to $125. The site houses video trainings for just $12 each. For those of you looking for one-on-one training, This is Bracket Racing Elite is an exclusive membership community designed for racers just like you. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com today. Alright guys, that wraps up episode 12. I want to say thanks to our sponsors. These are the folks that bring our podcast to you every week. Airtech, This Is Bracket Racing, and Racing RVs. 
In addition, I want to say thanks to our guest, Jeff Strickland. Also, thanks to PJ North for providing the tunes and doing our intro. You can find PJ's work on iTunes. It's awesome. Check him out. We plan to release a new podcast every week of the calendar year, so stay tuned for plenty more going forward. Absolutely. To get the latest episode before your friends do, be sure to subscribe to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and or Google Play. If you like what you hear, do us a favor, rate and review the podcast. That's how we move up in the rankings so more people can find us. If you don't like what you hear, I guess you could write a scathing review. I think we might even still move up in the rankings, but uh, it'd probably be (laughs) better if you just let us know how we can deliver a better show. We'll try to listen. And finally, be sure to join the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast fan page on Facebook to interact and become part of the conversation this week. All right, guys, that wraps it up. We appreciate you listening. Have a great week. This is a way of life. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck. I'm my love, spending money that I don't have, still can't get enough, we working nine and nine. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer, led by knowledgeable professionals. Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors, and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th. 